This is going to be a fun one. All right. I am actually recording right now. Welcome back to the Balancing Act. This is Anita. Uh, Camille Soul is off and enjoying a little St. Patty's today. So have fun out there, Camille. We are going to hold on the fort here. I have Anne, uh, Annie on board here. We are going to touch base again. It is She is eight weeks to show. She is about 15 weeks in of her... Um, her focused nutrition and then, um, what, eight weeks in on, on more focused contest prep, I guess yes. you could say you kind of had a split on your start. Um, but welcome back. Thank you. Um, uh, pitch your podcast real quick, your blog. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for having me again. Uh, again, my name is Annie Raffman. I have a blog that just documents my journey of going through this competition prep and kind of just talks about more of my fitness journey and who I am as a person. And that's bunnyflexfit.com. And it's kind of funny. We were just laughing about this. We were so, giggling. <laughs> so, and then I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, no, I know her. I know her blog. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of funny because a lot of people ask me, why did I do Bunny Flex Fit? Well, Bunny is kind of this fun um, term of endearment that my lovely boyfriend calls me. And I wanted kind of like a fun tagline with it. And the acronym is BFF. So I can be your next BFF in your fitness journey. Yeah. And she said that she was taking a big pull out of her water and I just couldn't stop laughing. It was wonderful. <laughs> so it's something that you're not going to forget. And it just, it, it follows along with her personality. She, as long as I've known her, she's always been super down to earth, but she's also eager, eager to learn and eager to adapt and expand. And that is what she's doing with this contest prep. And that is what she's doing with her life. And as she transitioned as competitor and uh, dieting downer, she is turning trainer at the same time. And um, I think she is going to be stepping into some wonderful roles and she's going to be guiding some people. So if you're looking for training, uh, Anne's a new one on block here. Why don't you tell a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so excited about this and it just... It's interesting how organically it happened. Um, so I obtained my personal training certification back in October. And really, I obtained it just to kind of expand my knowledge of health and fitness because I'm such a learner. And I'm kind of such a nerd. If I find something that I'm interested in or passionate about, I want to learn everything possible. Was about there it. a possibility at that time that, yeah, you could maybe see training in the future, but you weren't going to go out there... Um, pushing, pushing for it. Yeah, that's actually kind of the perfect way to put it. Okay. Is that I saw myself getting into health and fitness somehow. I knew that this is a good step forward, mm -hmm. but I knew I didn't really know exactly where the road was going to lead. So kind of how it organically happened is, let's see, my boyfriend was just saying, Annie, like none of your jeans fit. And I was like, yeah, I know. And yeah, you like jeans. Okay, let's go jeans shopping. We just got our work bonus. So we go to the mall and I work with a stylist there and I tell her, okay, I'm typically this size, but I lost some weight. Um, she's like, oh, what have you done to lose weight? And I was like, actually, I'm competing in a bodybuilding competition. So I have a pretty restricted diet um, and just working out a lot. And she's like, oh, that's great. So I found three pairs of jeans. It's, you know, a great journey with her and at the checkout line she was just like you know this is kind of awkward and you don't have to say yes um but I'm just wondering do you coach at all because you know I would love to feel confident again about my body and I was like funny you should say that <laughs> because I am certified as a personal trainer 
So segue a couple days later when I'm training with my coach, Lucienne Olson, I'm telling her the story and she's like, Annie, you're a personal trainer. And I was like, Lucienne, you know this, but I'll roll with it. (laughs) And she's like, no way. Well, I've been looking for the opportune moment to say this, but I knew since the day that I met you, I wanted to work with you other than a client trainer relationship. I would love for you to join my team. And her team is Revival Training, and we train out of Los Camperones in the Seaward location, and it's just such an amazing tribe of encouraging women that are just there to support and, I don't know, just really encourage one another to be the best type of person that they can be. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm just so... Everything's kind of lining up for you, especially in a time when you were thinking even more self at this time. And when you tend to think of more self, other things kind of start to fall into place, don't you think? Yeah. So you're on this time of contest prep is when you were self-focused only for higher, you know, not ego, but for, for higher enlightenment. And then all of these other things are coming to fruition. Are they not? Absolutely. They're falling into place. Exactly. And the right people are coming into your life and it's just kind of, It's not easy because contest prep isn't easy. (laughs) No, no. And that's another thing we're going to talk about too. Um, But we're going to keep chatting about her, you know, her journey. So this, this big contest prep journey in your first, you know, one to stage is turning into a bigger platform, I guess you could say for you laying the groundwork as you adventure more into your fitness world, right? Absolutely. The one you're creating. Right. And I think this is a really good way just for me to be relatable as I dive into being a trainer and I, I train someone else that's going through this contest prep, I can say, yes, I know exactly what you're saying because just last night I cheated and and ate things that weren't on my contest prep layout. And it was such an interesting mind game for me. The whole cheat was, uh, You know, at first I didn't really think I was cheating because it was a rough day, not really a rough day, but just a very busy day for me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm down on all of my macros right now. I'm just going to eat a protein bar. And it was a very clean protein bar. But having such little sugar in my diet, the sugar that was in the protein bar ignited my sugar dragon. And it just made me want more and more of that sugar. So then That led to another protein bar later that was like an almond bliss one that literally tasted like an almond joy. So then after that, I did have like a normal meal. I had like, you know, my turkey and then peanuts and other healthy stuff. But then later that night, I was just, I don't know what set me off, but I was like, I need something for myself. You know, I haven't had any sort of pleasure this week with food you know what, I'm going to have a little bit of chocolate. And I knew my neighbor was so nice and left me these beautiful little chocolates um, from France, actually. So I was like, those chocolates will be worth it. So I ate the little four-piece chocolate, and I was like, yes, yes, this is good. But I'm still hungry. Or, you know, the hormones in my body are telling me those things that, I need more. My sugar dragon is just like, yeah, you lit the fire now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I end up looking up at the top of my fridge and seeing the fruit snacks and I ate one pack and I was like, 
damn, that's good. <laughs> then I start getting ready for bed and I'm like, I want some more fruit snacks. <laughs> so I go and I grab two packs and I eat both of them before bed. And at the time, honestly, I thought it was, and I still think, you know, the fruit snacks were worth it. But this morning I was feeling so guilty. I was like, why did I do that to myself? Why am I self-sabotaging myself? And I was just pissed off that I did that. And now I'm in a even more strange feeling because I realized that I shouldn't feel guilty or pissed off that I did that. I need to know kind of who I am and that it's okay for me to eat that type of stuff. I just have to give myself permission. I have to accept it. And now the mind fuck that I'm talking about is like, I'm pissed off that I felt guilty about it. Like, how, like, how can I win here? <laughs> you have to let it go. Yeah. That's absolutely. the only thing is, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's in the past and there's nothing to think or do or do anything about it. And you just got to let it go. And it's the easiest thing to do is forget it ever happened. And the easiest thing to do to forget it ever happened is do your best to not retell that story too often unless it's needed. Right. Because then you will attach yourself to that story and you will be attached to it every time you go and maybe cheat again or you're trying to get over it. You're going to still be hung up on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's that emotional tie yes. to the food. Yeah. But then you tie yourself to the stories as yeah. well. And then it, it creates the tie to the food. So she kind of segued into the second half of our, our chat today is that emotional eating or that allowance of eating and then the guilt that can come after. And now she was able to transition through the phasing very quickly because she knew she had to become self-aware after the guilt would come. So you had the eating. And then you weren't even, you were satisfied at the end of the night and you had your little sugar buzz. So the next morning, the guilt didn't come until the next morning. Kind of right. like a hangover. Right. Yeah. Right? You know, the next day you're like, what hangover. the hell did I do last night? You're yeah. like, fuck, you know, that guilt. And it's a sugar one and it's different, but it's kind of, you know. Yeah. So then you, when you're having that guilt thing, then you're like, no, I am a committed person on this great journey. And I have made all these wonderful changes. Like I shouldn't be hard on myself for one weakness or one moment or one allowance and being okay with it. So you had to go back and look at what you were trying to, you know, you're already assessing it very quickly. Most people would just bury it deep and then wait for it to happen again <laughs> and then get mad at themselves again. Right. But you're like, no, this is a journey. I'm trying to figure it out. And you're transitioning into trainers. So you really need to figure it out. But then you opened a platform. So instead of getting mad and burying it, like a lot of people do, mm -hmm. what did you do instead? You went looking for direction. Did you not? You yeah. found a speaker. You yeah. found something to inspire you to look at it in a different way. Right? Absolutely. So one of my favorite podcasts is Sean Stevenson's The Model Health Show. I would listen to all of them if I had all the time in the world. But on a previous podcast I was listening to, he was talking about a different podcast. How many times like can I say podcast I right now? <laughs> um, he was talking about a previous one that was talking just about self-love and seriously listening to this podcast was like a free therapy session. Like no joke. He just gets in so deep about the human brain and getting to acceptance with what you want. And 
at later in the podcast, he's talking about, you know, we can do whatever we want, but the main thing is, is figuring out exactly what you want to do and being focused on that. That was a really big um, tie-in for me. But the thing that struck me was within the first four minutes of this show that he did was talking about um, a test or a study that was done with two groups of women and they were taste testing donuts. And one group of women were told, hey, everyone in this group, everyone in this test tastes donuts. So please don't be too hard on yourself for eating these, that everyone tastes it. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. And the other group was told nothing. So the interesting thing about that is the the women that were told it's okay to eat these actually ate less. How fascinating is that? Because they gave themselves permission to mm-hmm. eat this and feel okay with eating the donuts. Mm-hmm. They were kind of giving that, given that emotional foundation that, yes, this is okay. Whereas the other women just kind of went, you know, threw it on their own mm-hmm. and maybe they ate more. And then they were thinking, man, I shouldn't have been eating that much. How many burpees do I have to do now? You know, sure. or I got to eat more because I never get to eat them any other time. Right. So I gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, who doesn't fill their plate on Thanksgiving? Like, I don't get to eat like this all the time. So you're right. going to fill my plate. Right. Well, what if you ate really well all leading up to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving was about the food, but really wasn't about the food. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to like relook at the way you even live your life when the food is approached by it. Man, that just sparked another great um, concept for me is my first cheat meal that I had. I was thinking, man, I can eat anything that I wanted. Uh, free reign. So, of course, I have the wine. Like, I have the big burger. I have, you know, the sweet potato planks. I have the cheese curds. I have the ahi crisps. I have, you know, everything and anything possible. I have... Um, the Manny's uh, Bailey's chocolate cake that it was in the freezer when I couldn't eat it before. And I just went all out on mm-hmm. it because it was that scarcity thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know whenever I can eat this again. So or you I'm, know it's seven days until you eat it again. Right. So, um, so I ate way too much. Right. And the effect that it had on my body, I literally, well... I don't know if I would say I felt hungover, but in the inflammation, all everything. that inflammation, the bloat, I just, I felt full yeah. for a, an entire day <laughs> after eating that yeah. dinner. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so I think that just makes me really relatable too, is knowing well, like when, when I say, yes, you can have a cheat meal and yes, you can eat whatever you want. Just be conscious, you know, right. of what and can happen I'm and the repercussions. Think we didn't do any cheat meals. I think we kind of had a cheat day. Mm-hmm. So we'd let it float in and out the day so we wouldn't have to cram it all in in one meal. Mm-hmm. But I, what I would cheat throughout the day would equate, equate to a cheat meal. Sure. But I would just extend it. Oh. But at the same time... Um, you put yourself back on that roller coaster and it's not the big long one, the old rickety one at Valley fair, the white one that we everyone oh, rides. Excalibur. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, you're putting yourself on corkscrew again. Mm-hmm. And instead of that roller coaster that you ride of that weight fluctuation throughout the year or throughout two or three years where you're putting on 20 pounds and then you're trying to take it off. Mm-hmm. You're in that week long where you're dedicated, 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 blow it. Yeah. Blow it. Get sick. Now you got to recover. Now you got that guilt. 
Now you feel like crap. Now you got to start all over. But then it's coming on Wednesday, Thursday, and you're like, oh, coming <laughs> Who cares? You know, yeah. spring break. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now you're setting yourself up for fucking failure again because yeah. it's going to happen again the next week. And that's fine. Have a cheat three days post contest prep, but don't put those big highs and lows attached to food when you're trying to make food something else right now. Food is fuel. Food is changing your body. Food is this. Food is not your emotional tie. Food is something else. Have that later. You know what I mean? Have that after your show and don't go crazy after your show because you have every other day after that to go a little bit crazy and a little bit crazy. My weight fluctuated seven pounds over the four months after. And then I put a little bit more. I always put some on in the fall. I'm not even trying hard, but it's it's just, it's like my body's like, winter's coming. We got to put some beef on you right now. (laughs) And then I always lose a little bit, but I did not in and not indulge post-show. I just didn't overindulge all the time or blow it right away. I feel like a lot of contestants... They do, you do, because you think you haven't had it for so long, so you need to reward yourself so quickly because you did all of that for so long. It's scarcity. It's feeling like... My husband, God bless his heart, probably won't listen to this, so I can say (laughs) this, um, was up 20 pounds two days after the show, three days after the show. Inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. But he had... Um, the last couple of weeks going into the show, he had even tightened up his nutrition and then reintroduced junk food right at the end. And his just body was just, it was just too hard. It was too hard yeah. on his body. Um, I did not. I, I, you know, had my sweets and I had my foods and I had that, but I was eating into the show. So food wasn't scarce at that point. And sometimes it get t- can get a little scarce with calories and stuff, but I didn't have the emotional ties to the loss of it during the time period. I don't know why, or I didn't attach to it. And then it just hasn't been a problem. So I always say the cheat meal or the cheat day is fine, but you got to be careful or at least be aware to the roller coaster that comes with it. And especially the emotional attachment that can come with it too, you know? Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit more about how you were saying that, I'm getting self-aware of my emotional tie to food and yeah. how you didn't really have a breaking point, but you were able to kind of become self-aware of your emotional ties to food um, way before you started yeah. the competition prep. Right. And I think a lot of people start to, during prep is when a lot of people mm-hmm. will co- become more aware or they need prep to become aware. I... I think some of my first ones were, you know, a little bit in the post, you know, beginning of college, I was a weight fluctuator. I was up and down, up and down, all that kind of stuff. And I had a professor once say, like, don't do your sizing yet. You're all over the board. And I took offense to it immediately. And I was like, it, I had to step back. And I was like, why, why would you even say that to me? Like, yeah. you know, at least I, my weight's moving yours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then right away, I'm like, no, no, no. She's right. She's mm-hmm. so right to it. And then it's like, okay, are you the person that's always up and down, up and down? Or, or who are you? Or like, where are you happiest? What number are yeah. you comfortable in? So then I had a, some times where I was higher in weight. And I had one time when I was working at Wet Seal and I was creeping into the double digits in the jeans, which was just a 9, 10. We're at yeah. Wet Seal. They size down anyway. It's yeah, probably fair. a 7, 8. Yeah. You know, I don't care about jean size or numbers because every company has a different standard. Right. So I'm in a pair. That's a whole different That's podcast. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> 
So, but with wet seals, I know numbers. I knew their sizing. I knew I didn't want to be a 910. And that wasn't anything to anyone else but to me. And I didn't even tell people about it. But I knew that that wasn't who I was and that wasn't my best body. So I had kind of put, boom, construct, boom, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you're creeping up that pant size or putting on that weight, you're going to, you got to watch it. So I wouldn't, I never put on 30, 40 pounds after that. I'd put on 10, lose, you know, I've always been up and down. So then I've had moments where I've listened to different speakers. Is it Stephen Covey on um, nothing tastes better than be, than how thin feels? And it can sound like a very arrogant ego thing to say, but nothing tastes better than, than how feelings are and can be felt. Yeah. And you don't need to attach yourself to food to feel. And it doesn't mean food is food. Food is beautiful. Food is good. But food doesn't, you know, there's being skinny and not his, his attachment to skinny or the way I relate to it is not needing the food to survive or not needing the food to to give you happiness i guess i guess it's an instant gratification it's not something long term so happy like food is rewarding because you get that instant gratification it's not something that's going to keep you happy long term right I mean, right. you can OD on something that's instant gratifying, but you can't OD on happiness. Right. And there's enlightenment in fasting. And there's enlightenment in certain in certain ways you carry and hold your body and all of that kind of stuff. And there's so many different levels to what he said. And you could take the ego on everything. But it's just, I mean, it's just take it blank. Nothing yeah. tastes better than how thin feels when you're confident on your whatever your thin is. You Gosh, know what I mean? Or whatever your fitness. That's a really good mantra for me because... Whenever I'm, whenever I see those fruit snacks again or yeah. whatever, it, whatever it is that day of being like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Reminding myself, nothing tastes as good as, as how it feels. Yeah. Or nothing's going to taste feels. as good as how it's going to feel when you step on stage yes. that day. Nothing will taste good than that moment. Nothing right. will taste better than the things you accomplish in your life, unless you're a chef. And you know what I mean? Like, and I love food. I love good food. Anytime anyone can invite me to a seven course meal and you can surround me with food and wine and luxurious and like, I love good food, yes. but I'm not attached to fulfilling myself with food with, you know, a crappy brownie. If I, yeah. if I want a brownie, I'm going to get a good brownie or yes. I'm going to make a brownie or that kind of a stuff with attachment to food. So it was little things like that throughout the year. And there's been many, many, many more and seeing myself in many different bodies and how, how I was able to recover and, um, you know, change my body after the babies. I think that was the biggest learning point. And all the time it's, it's just a, a choice and an enlightenment or an, and a constant knowing that I'm okay in any of those bodies. Yeah. I'm attached, I'm not attached to any of those bodies. I have had a basketball in my stomach. I have been 170 pounds down to 117 pounds. Wow. And I'm the same person every single time. Right. I don't feel different. I laugh the same. I dream the same. Everything's the same. The body changes. So now you need to detach from the feeling of the body and the feeling of the mind because the mind and soul, they can play together and that's who we are. The body's the the house, the fuel, the car, the thing we get to drive along the way. Right. And that's the cool thing about it. Um, and, and you're tapping into that very quickly. So why don't you talk a little bit about kind of your journey as you're doing that these last couple of weeks and, and learning more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey 
I don't know. I want to say, I think last time I talked about my journey, it was kind of two years ago. I was really honing in on my health and fitness. I've done several different Whole30s. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been able to do a Whole30. I can do competition prep. And right now I'm realizing that my competition prep is a lot harder than a Whole30. I actually told my coach this this morning. And hurt my coach and another woman came down and they were like wait you're telling me that a whole 30 is easier than competition prep and I'm like okay well whole 30 yeah you got to live in a box and these are your rules but you can eat as much as you want with competition prep you have your box but you only can eat as much as what's in your box so that is maybe where I'm getting that kind of scarcity feeling mm-hmm. from and kind of what we were talking about with cheat meals um but kind of my journey through the last, I don't know, my I'm at my halfway point right now. It's kind of like riding a wave, I'll say a little bit, um, because my body is transforming really quickly, which is awesome. And I loved it. Um, but then I actually wrote a blog post about this and I called it starting over. It was actually after walking in the Perfect Fit Gear fashion show. I... Um, I put on a suit and that was about 12 weeks out and I, all these anxieties came up in me after I put on the suit because I was riding this high wave of being like, I am getting new PRs. I'm pushing way more weight. I'm dropping weight on the scale and then my numbers are dropping and I was just feeling so good about myself. And then I put on a competition suit. Mm, I had that moment at last year, too. Oh, my gosh. And you were at the posing seminar. Is that when you had your... Did you have a moment after the posing seminar or during? Um, so, yeah. I was at the... It was backstage okay. when everyone was picking out what bikini or yeah. figure suit that they were going to wear. And... I already had an anxiety thinking I probably wouldn't be as lean as everyone else. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm, I still look good. Yeah, yeah. And... I asked my boyfriend to take some pictures of me at that seminar and I felt good on the yep. stage. But when I looked at those pictures, I was like, damn. Yep. Yep. I've can't, I've come a long way, but there's so much more yep. I need to go. So yep. I just kind of felt like I was, I needed to start over again. I need to realign my priorities and just get back into it. Yep. So now, and keep pushing. Yeah. I, I had mine in private at the office and I put on my, what was to be my comp bikini. I put it on and I was having a flat Debbie Downer looking day and that bikini hit the floor and I was just like, uh, uh-uh, no, not today. And I left it on the floor and my business partner, Jay, had found it and I got a picture of it on the floor and he was mad because he worked on it, yeah. cut it out for me and took time on it. And I crumpled it in a ball and threw it on the ground because I was disappointed in how I looked and I wasn't prepared for it. So that I didn't touch another one until I knew a day that I was ready to put a suit on again. And then it's a day where you're feeling good. You yeah. know you're looking good. It's those days. And I knew I needed one of those days, but I was going to wait. You know what I mean? So I didn't, at that moment, I was hard on myself. But then I was like, I just need a good day to come along. And then I'm putting a suit on. I have one at home. It'll be fine. But yep, I've had that. I've had that during my right. prep too. I totally get it. So yeah, I guess that was at 12 weeks out. Now we're at eight weeks, you know. I think I feel really good with where I am. Just, I went through a lot of different feelings, you know, last night and this morning, but I think just kind of, I felt like I just unlocked something this morning of just becoming self-aware and being okay with 
when I do cheat and yep. whether it is on a cheat meal or whatever, yep. just knowing that I have that permission to mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. and being okay with who I am, no matter what the scale says, no matter how my jeans fit. Yeah. Exactly. You know, what you're saying, your body is your vessel, but it's your mind and your soul that yeah. is always and, you. And, and a lot of women get to feel that. And some people just don't become aware of it. And even in high school and all that stuff, like I probably have a similar body than I was in high school, but it's a, it's it's been through a lot of different things and I'm a completely different person, but the body kind of looks like it did a long time ago. You know, right. I was like, okay, I'll take that at almost yeah. 40. But then there, I had my big pregnant body, but at the same time, when you never look back at photos, you're like, whoa, I didn't think I was that chunky. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I looked yeah. good that night. And you're like, I looked a little heavy that night. And you're like, I thought I was looking good. And it didn't matter because right. you are you and that body's going to fluctuate up and down and you're going to wear a lot of different skins throughout your entire life. Um, you just need to choose one, which one represents you best right. and which one makes you most comfortable. Oh, a good aha moment, a quick one for me. And I, I like to talk about is I never want to say no to an event because of how I'm going to feel while I'm there about myself. So if anyone's like, hey, you want to go swimming? I never want to say no because I'm not going to feel good in a swimsuit because I'm not on point or I don't look okay or I'm too big or any of this. I don't want to miss an event or miss an opportunity, whatever that is, because I put on 35 pounds because uh, I had to self-eat for so long. So that was just a way to control things to know that I want to be semi-bikini ready at all times because it's always fun when you do stuff with people that are doing stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And those are going jet skis, you know? <laughs> right. And I don't want to worry about it. I want to throw the, you know, and everyone always asks me like, you must have a thousand bikinis. I'm like, no, because that's the last thing on my mind is I want to always be on point. And what I'm wearing, it won't matter because I'm put together and you can give me the scruffiest thing at the bottom of the bin. I'm confident in anything. It doesn't matter because I got to keep myself on track because I like being happy that way. And it's no one else's choice. And I don't talk about it with a lot of people. And I don't, it's not, it doesn't feed my ego or feed anything, but it just makes it life easier, yeah. you know? And it may, it makes me happier. It's knowing when you're at your best. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. And you know, I think I'm figuring out when I'm at my best here. And I think it's just so great for me to figure that out is, and just figuring out this so early on yeah. in my life too of just being comfortable with who I am and knowing this is my best and knowing how to kind of drive my life in the future. Right. And you'll find a new best and a new best because as you get older, your muscle changes and your life changes and it's just a new version of you. The best is yet to come, which is literally my phone. And we can call it the best (laughs) is yet to come. So whether you're on a contest prep or you're moving forward with your life as, as a new trainer with a new company and your blogs and all of the wonderful thing is the best is yet to come if, if you so want it to come and if you're planning for it and if you're planning ahead and everything else you will allow and then the ease will happen and then you just get to thrive and live life. And that's what we all want. Yes, right? that's unlocking it. That is unlocking it. The best is yet to come, people. Plan for it. Yeah, right? I love that. Let's wrap it up. Um, thanks for stopping by with the podcast. You might've heard some screaming babies, but we double duty around here. Um, Annie, thank you for stopping by again. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about your journey. Talk about your training team and your, um, your blog one more time before we leave. 
Absolutely. So I am the newest trainer for Revival Training. We train out of Los Camperones Gym at the Seaward location right on Franklin Avenue next to Oxford College. It's an awesome gym to train at. And then my blog, which is just kind of documenting my journey, um, is bunnyflexfit.com. Your BFF in your fitness journey. BFF. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And I promise one of these times we'll get the redhead to stop by again. She's loving life and loving St. Patrick's Day. So enjoy your day today. Have a little beer or have a little treat. Allow life, live life, love life, and um, good things are yet to come.